0: Today we're reading from Genesis 2 verses 4 to 17, so follow along on, in your Bibles or on the screen behind me. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die."
1: We're in. Hey, if you missed it before, my name is Scott. I'm the pastor here. Great to see you. Welcome along, everyone. Um, We're doing something a little bit strange, a little bit different for us at church at the moment. Normally, we'll take a book of the Bible and we'll just work our way through it over five or six or however many weeks it takes. But we're about to do something different now for the next four weeks, in fact. Uh, Last year, it all started in around September or in August and September. Where, as a church, we kind of asked our friends, our neighbours, our work colleagues. We asked them a question. We asked, what do you think is the biggest challenge we're facing today? And I thought that the answer at this point was going to be obvious. I thought everyone was going to come back and say, surely it's COVID. Uh, At that point, we'd recently just come out of a three-month lockdown. There was no vaccine on the horizon. uh, And the global death toll was tracking to hit one million pretty soon. So I thought, surely everyone thinks that COVID is the biggest problem right now. Not true. In fact, from our friends' responses, there were three answers that were more common. Three things that people thought were bigger challenges than COVID. We're going to look at those three as well as COVID in the the coming weeks. But, But today we hit just one of them, and it's this one. The biggest challenge we're facing today is that the environment is suffering. No matter which way you look at it, environmental challenges are on the agenda today. You know, 50 years or so ago, very, very few people had, were even thinking about this. It wasn't an issue, but now it's everywhere. It's on the news, it's a huge part of uh, politics, especially in our country in Australia, and just about every business today has some kind of statement about how they are being an environmentally friendly uh, business. I even found such a thing, can you believe, as the Green Bible, um, where they have some verses in, in green lettering uh, that highlight particular passages that talk about the environment. And there's some inspirational, so called inspirational essays at the back of the Bible about how we care for the environment. And presumably it's all printed on recycled paper, or else that would be a little bit hypocritical, right? Um, But it just goes to underscore that the environment and environmental care is a really hot topic for today. And the thing is, this is not actually really a single issue thing either. Most often we hear about climate change, but there are many other facets to environmental care as well. The loss of our topsoil, the plastic in our oceans, or some things that our friends mentioned in their responses. Uh, Deforestation, shortages of resources, overpopulation, and there's plenty more. And of course, this really is an issue because it has an impact on us. It impacts us as people who live in the world. And it also impacts the the animal world as well, right? For them, there's a loss of habitat. There's endangered species. There's species that are already gone extinct. So this is a big topic. And today we're asking, what's God got to say about this? which might actually be a strange starting point for some of us. You see, there's there's this common theory out there that Christianity is to actually blame for a lot of the problems we have with the environment. The theory became popular uh, through this guy. His name is Lynn White, Jr. Uh, In the 1960s, he published a paper called The Historic Roots of Our Ecological Crisis. And basically, he put the blame for a lot of the problems at the feet of Christianity. And this became a very influential way of thinking then. So it might seem strange to go to the Bible uh, for an answer on this. But we're going there today because the Bible is where God promises to speak to us today. So if we want to hear God's voice, we need to turn to the Bible and hear what the Bible is saying to us. And really, there are two things we're going to see from the Bible today. Here's the first thing. If you don't care about the environment, you're actually out of step with God. If you don't care about the environment, you're out of step with God. This is really what we saw in that reading that Susiah read out just before in Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis 2, we're presented with the beginning of the world. And it's worth noticing a few details here because this might be a bit different than we first expected. Uh, In in Genesis 2, we saw in verse 4 there that God is the maker, the creator of everyone, of everything. In verse 7, we saw that... um, Humanity is made by God. We are creatures. In verse 8 to 14, it spells out uh, through pictures how beautiful, how wonderful this world is. Just look at verse 9, for example. Verse 9 says, The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. See, it's a beautiful, it's a fitting, it's a lovely place to be, this, this world that God has made. It fits with what was said just a little bit earlier in chapter 1, verse 31, verse 31. Where it says that God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And amidst, in, in, into this good creation, God speaks and he gives humanity responsibility. You see it in verse 15. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. This is not just a story of one man, though. As you keep reading the Bible, it's not just about one man in one garden. This is God's plan for humanity, that humanity is here to care for the environment. We do this under God. He still remains God over the world. It's not like he's abandoning the world, but he's given humanity a special place, a special responsibility within the world to care for it. So all this helps us understand why the Bible tells us to care for the environment. It's not because of karma. You know the idea of karma, don't you? Uh, It's the idea that if you do good, good will come back to you. But if you do bad, you're going to cop it. Uh, When I was a kid, I remember watching TV, and there's a really catchy ad that they'd play. It was encouraging kids not to litter. And I found it on YouTube this week. It's from the 90s, so it's pretty bad. But do you want to have a look at it? I've got the video. Here it is. Hopefully it works for us. Let's have a go. And right around the nation, Mother Nature is dying from a little situation Gotta do the right thing, it's an obligation And your planet will thank you for your cooperation A little bit of living goes a long, long way Mother Nature is choking on it every day You gotta do the right thing, it's an obligation And your planet
0: will thank you for your cooperation Don't wanna hear you say
1: How good is that, right? <laughs> Does anyone else remember seeing this ad as a kid? A cu- yeah, a couple. It's, it's so catchy, right? It gets stuck in your head. I kept walking around as a little kid thinking, do the right thing. It's your obligation. Your planet will... I, I always thought as a kid then that I was going to get a gift. You see, I didn't litter as a kid. I put my rubbish in the bin. and So the planet's going to thank me, right? And how's it going to thank me? Well, the way that anyone would thank you, they give you a present. Uh, that's kid logic, and I was... <laughs> badly disappointed, I never got a present. Um, It's kind of right though, isn't it? If we treat the planet badly, naturally there's going to be bad consequences for us all. But that's very different from what karma is saying. See, you can do all sorts of good things. You can put up solar panels on your roof. You can decide to ride or cycle to work and leave the car at home sometimes. You can recycle, you can compost. But if you've got a neighbour who lives just up the hill and he just pours all sorts of bad kind of chemicals on his property, that when the rain comes, all that's going to run down onto your property and you're going to suffer. We don't look after the environment because we're worried that karma will be out to get us if we don't. Nor do we care for the environment because it's some kind of God. that kind of, you know Mother Nature is as some kind of conscious being and that everything is connected and we've all got equal value and equal status and so we've got to respect everything in nature. That's not quite it either. The Bible told us before clearly that God is separate from creation. God tells us to care for the environment because of him. Because he made it. Trees, dolphins, mountains, all of it, including me and you. He tells us to care for the environment because it's good. He's made it good. And he tells us to care for it because he's given us that responsibility. It's part of who we are before God. So of course then the question is, how? How do we care for it? See, there are some dangers that we can fall into here. One one of the dangers is thinking that we can save the world on our own that we can do anything if we just put our minds and our collective effort to it. It's a danger because it forgets that as humans we're limited, right? We're limited creatures. We don't control everything. and We can't send rain when there's a drought or we can't stop the land shaking when there's an earthquake. And so we need to remember that as people we're limited. And the Bible would tell us to pray to God who is not limited in the ways that we are. But the other danger is that we do nothing. That we think, ah, oh, look, the problem's just too big. Nothing I'm ever going to do will really matter. So what's the point? I'll give up. That's a danger too because it forgets that God has actually given us responsibility. It pretends that God hasn't asked us to care for the world. And so the Bible would say that downplays God. Instead, what we get in the Bible is a a principle, a principle to work on. The principle is that God asks us to care for his world, and so we care for his world out of an act of love to God. We do what he's asked us to do. Uh, Caring for the environment can also be an act of love for other people as well. It helps them out by, by having a better place to live in. That's true, but I think the primary way the Bible talks to us about this is that we care for the environment as an act of love to God who's asked us to do this. So let's take that principle then and put it into action. Here's a small example. Composting. Who here thinks that by composting you are going to save the world? Nobody put up their hand, right? Ridiculous. No one thinks they're going to save the world by composting, but it does care for the environment, doesn't it? It stops more waste going into landfill, and in the end the compost is used to replenish the soil and... So it's good for creation. Even though it doesn't save the world, it's a good thing to do because it's an act of love to God who asks us to care for his creation. You see how the principle's working out there? The good thing about composting too is it's just so easy to do. Praise God for my local council. They give me a a, a green littered bin and they say, just put your compostable things in there and we'll do the rest for you." you. Maybe you can check your council's website, but I'm pretty sure most of the councils across this area do that. Yeah, as a church, we're aiming to do this too. Right now, we aren't officially allowed to use the kitchen at the back here. But when we can, we're going to have tea and coffee and all sorts of things. Um, when that happens, we're going to get uh, compostable cups and compostable stirrers and compostable bin liners as well, so it can all just go in the green bin and get composted. Because it's just a simple way that we can love God by caring for the environment, which is exactly what he's asked us to do. See the principle in the way it works out there? You could extend this to other areas in your life too, but but keep the principle in mind. God is asking us here to care for creation as an act of love for him. You can extend this out to bigger and more organised group actions, things like uh, Clean Up Australia Day or, or asking people in the government to make laws and regulations so that we as a country, a nation, will care for the environment. Look, this gets complex, I get that, and... Different people and different groups will will disagree on what's actually best here. But, But in principle, it's the right thing to do, isn't it? To care for the environment as an act of love for God, because it's doing what God has asked us to do. So you hear what God is saying. God is saying, if you don't care for the environment, you're actually out of step with me, and you're out of step with what I've made you for think we're going at this? How do you think you're going with this? You'd probably have to say, as a whole, for humanity across the world, it's not all good news, is it? Let's just think about um, water for a moment. Let's think about water. In our oceans, the way that the currents work, they, they, they swirl any rubbish to certain places so it all kind of gets together. And now. In our oceans, there are forming large plastic garbage patches. Is what they're called? There's multiple of these across the world. Well, they're not quite the giant islands of plastic we might imagine them to be. There's a lot of plastic out in our oceans, and and there's only getting more and more and more. They say it increases by about tenfold each year. Each each ten years, it increases by ten percent. Or take the uh, the RLC. The RLC there, it's a top-down picture. It lies between Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan in the former USSR. It's not really a sea, actually, it's just a lake. Um, it used to be, it's called a sea though, because it's so big. It used to be the fourth largest lake in the world. A huge fishing industry out of this, this RLC. In the 60s, the USSR started to use it to irrigate some of the farmland around it that, that was pretty much like a desert. And this has kept happening. They're using it to irrigate, irrigate, irrigate. So now that it's declined to be about 10% of its original size, it's destroyed the fishing industry that was around it. So there's now all sorts of economic issues with the people who live there. And because there's no more water there now, there's, there's so many public health problems that have arisen out of this. And of course, that's not limited to the Soviets either, isn't it? We have our own problems here in Australia with the Murray Darling Basin and the problems there, the environment is suffering. And amidst its suffering, you know, the environment's speaking to us. I want to take us to another part of the Bible now. This is a part of the Bible called uh, Romans. It's a letter written by uh, an early Christian leader. His name is Paul. And he wrote to the church in Rome, not surprising given the name of the book. Um, But in this letter, it says there that the environment is speaking to us. Or or, or actually, more more precisely, it says the environment is groaning. And it's groaning because it's frustrated, it's it's decaying, it's suffering. But it's also got something extremely profound. And of course, I mean, it's poetic here that that the, the environment doesn't really have a voice that it's saying these words with. But here's the point that it's making. It's the second point for today. If you don't care about God, you're out of step with the environment. It might not be what we first expected, but the environment is saying to us, if you don't care about God, you're out of step with me. Why don't I read this passage out from for us? This is from Romans uh, chapter 8. Uh, as we read through, you'll notice that the Bible isn't using the word. uh, Isn't using the word environment, instead it's it's using the word creation because the uh, the Bible is just reminding us that um, the environment was was given to us, it's made by God, given to us as a gift. So here it is Um, Romans chapter 8, I'll start at verse 18. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Uh, It's it's pretty dense there, so so, let's just take a closer look and step through it a bit. Um, You see at the start in uh, verse 19... The environment, creation, it's, it's waiting. It's, it's eagerly expecting it. It's like a kid at Christmas time who's hanging out, just can't wait for Christmas morning when you go and unwrap the presents. But the environment isn't waiting for presents under a tree. The we see what the environment's waiting for. It's in the second part of the verse. It's waiting for the children of God to be revealed. And it's talking here about the uh, a time to come, the time of the end of the world. A time when everyone who truly belongs to God, that that everyone will truly know who belongs to God at that time. Everyone will know who God's children are. Which seems like a bit of a strange thing for the environment to be waiting for. Children of God, they're they're not part of that at all. But, But verse 20 starts to give us the reason. In verse 20, you see that the creation, the environment, has been frustrated. It's groaning, it's decaying, it's suffering. And why is it suffering? Is it because we as humans have just done a bad job at caring for it? Are we all just really environmental terrorists trudging from one eco-disaster to the next? Now, if we're not introducing cane toads that destroy our our native species, we're knocking down trees to build houses and leave the 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 native species with nowhere to live. Is that why creation is frustrated? Well, certainly we've made mistakes, but, but there's something actually more to it. And it goes back to Genesis 2 in that passage that Cesare read. Remember, God made the world and he gave humans responsibility to care for it. But there comes to be a great problem. Humanity gets out of step with God. Let me reread to you a part of, of, of Genesis 2. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man... You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. God gave the first people one thing not to do. And what did they do? They did it. They ate the fruit. But the issue here isn't so much in in the eating. It's in the deciding that God doesn't matter. It's just the people deciding that we don't need to listen to God. We can get by on our own. We can figure out what's best for ourselves. We don't need you, God. It's a decision that's been made by them and made by every person since. So now we as humanity are out of step with our God. And this kind of decision has far-reaching consequences. It means that humanity, as humans, we're actually out of step with each other as well. We have a tendency now towards selfishness where we'll hurt one another, we'll grapple for power over one another. But it also means that as humanity, we're out of step with the environment, with creation. That we don't look after it like we should. We're, where we damage and pollute it because of that same tendency to selfishness. And so we end up with Plastic all through our oceans and and masses of water that just aren't there anymore. And species that have become entirely extinct. There's a problem because we're out of step with God. And there's something too back in Romans, in verse 20. It reminded us that creation is subject to frustration. And it's God who does this. God works so that the environment gets caught up in humanity's problem that the environment itself is now kind of out of whack. It's not working properly. Like a nervous system, it's sending jolts of pain out to show us that something's wrong. The environment is suffering. But that's not actually the end of the story. Remember, the environment was waiting for something. As verse, the end of verse 20 put it, it's hoping, it's looking forward to something. And what is it? In verse 21, we see that the hope is that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. See, again, it's talking about the end of the world here when God's children, when his people are revealed. And it says, at that time, just like the creation itself was caught up in humanity's problem, we see here that creation is caught up in humanity's liberation, in humanity's redemption and, and freedom. And that's what the environment is looking forward to. A time of newness, a time of renewal, both for humanity and for the environment too. A time when the decay and frustration and groaning are gone because God is freeing everything. Just as God says he's going to restore his people, God says, I'm going to restore my world as well. And that is the hope that the environment is looking forward to. That is the hope that the environment is waiting for. So friends, can you hear then what the environment is saying to us? Amidst its suffering, it's telling us to get things right with God. Because the ultimate hope is, is in something that God is going to do. He's going to renew everything. He's going to put an end to the decay and the groaning for this world and for the people of this world. That doesn't mean we say, well, in the end we don't need to do anything because God's going to fix up the mess. Just go out and do whatever you want. No, 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 not at all. Because remember, God asks us to care for his world and, and the Bible is asking us to love him by doing that. But in its suffering, the environment is calling on us to get things back right with God again. Because God is the one who's going to put an end to suffering and bring about a great renewal, the kind of thing that we could never do on our own, even if we all got together and tried. So friends, have you heard what the environment, your environment is saying to you today? It's saying, if you really care what I've got to tell you, then hear this. You need to get things right with God. How do you do that then? How do you get things right with God? What does it mean? It means actually figuring out Jesus for yourself. In the Bible, God tells us that Jesus is the one who can put you right with God again. In fact, if you go home and you read this chapter in Romans, this Romans chapter 8, you'll see that Jesus is the key for, getting, for things getting right with God again, both for us and the environment. You need to figure out Jesus. If, if you want to figure out Jesus for yourself, there's a few things you could do. Um, you could talk to a friend who believes in Jesus and, and ask them, why do you believe him? What's, what's he got to do with you? You could pick up a Bible and read it. A great place to go would be um, Mark. Uh, Mark's one of the books in the Bible. It's just a, a quick biography of Jesus' life. You can get to know him quickly that way. Uh, you could pick up this book if you wanted. It's called God is Green. As I was reading to prepare for today, I read through this book. It's, it's great. It's only short. It's short. It's only 70 pages. But there's heaps in there about Jesus and, and what he means for us. But here's the one thing I really want to commend to you today. It's the Life Series. The Life Series uh, kind of runs over five Mondays. It starts at half past seven in the evening. We're meeting at Zero Cafe in TTP. Starts on February the eighth. It's great. This is my favourite thing we do all year. Right? At life, we have some coffee and cake. It's all pretty relaxed. But then we also dive into some big, big issues, big things. We ask questions like, "So who is Jesus, and what's he on about? Can I really believe that for myself?" Each night, there's a short talk, a chance to discuss things with others, ask you questions if you want. Look, if you haven't quite figured out Jesus for yourself, why don't you come along? What have you got to lose? Uh, if you're interested or want more info, get in touch with me. My details are up on the screen there now, or come and grab me later. Or look, if you want to come along on the night, just, just rock up. There'll be a place. We'll have a place for you. But our environment is suffering. It, it, to quote the Bible, it's groaning, and God asks us to care for His world, and so we need to make sure. We pay attention to God, that we love him by doing what he's asked. But also amidst the groaning that creation is going through, it's the environment that's calling on us, calling out to us to get things right with God. Because that's where the hope really lies. We need to figure out Jesus to get things right with God. Why not come to life with us and do that for yourself?